You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Hello everyone, it's me Alfie. Welcome to Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy. And the show today is Will I Beat Magnus? And you're here for it. Isn't that nice? It is nice actually. I'm joined today by Matt Bowstring Cup, Matt Kenny, uh, fresh from his Twitter breakdown from Game Week 9. <laughs> and of course, Will. Will hasn't been with us a couple of weeks because um, he went to Colombia. He's still in Colombia. He's, he's moved there for half a year and um, it's a good decision. Sounds like, sounds like a good decision to me. So he's back and he's very excited at the moment because he's a Spurs fan and apparently uh, they're doing quite well at the moment. So someone said to me, uh-huh, come on you Spurs. So uh, I hope you wanted a good game week nine. I hope it was a pleasant weekend. I think it was for a lot of people. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just guessing. I did all right. I've got 82 points. I'm well happy with that because because it's 82 points. You know, Captain DCL, very smug about that. Had uh, Luca Dean in there. Had Richardson, who I bought in the week before for this fixture, and he repaid me, thankfully. And uh, things went well, but... Game week 10 is on the horizon. So game week 10, we're going to discuss many things leading up. Matt has is playing his wild card this week. He had a bit of a game week 9 melt, meltdown. Those of you who follow on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we talk about that. It wasn't anything too mad. It's just, it's just the Twitter bubble makes it seem worse than what it is. And people can't see your face when you're, you know, when you're writing stuff. Whether you have a smile on it. I know, I struggle with that. Anyway, so we're going to talk through Matt's uh, wildcard selections. He's going to talk through all of the choices. Defence, midfield, attack, uh, the, the possible dropping of the Spurs duo, Kane and Son, of course. Uh, he's massively conflicted at the moment. I feel, I feel like he's putting himself under pressure, but he doesn't need to. He's still smashing most people. But, you know, he has high standards, and that's what happens. Will will be discussing Spurs, of course, and... Uh, what else do you need to know about him? But he's very articulate and very good at expressing, not just, it's not like a Spurs van saying things, don't worry about that. Uh, it's good to have, they've got two contrasting opinions to Matt and Will, but at the same time, both of them make sense. So if I, throughout this pod, if you hear me somewhat agreeing with everyone, it's because I kind of do, because they both make valid points and... Football is always about a flip of a coin, isn't it? So, anyway, I'm going to stop rabbiting on. I'll join you halfway through to say hi, and uh, I'll let you listen. Welcome, everyone. I'm, of course, joined by the wonderful Matt, Matt Kearney. How are you, Matt? Good, Alfie. How are you? <laughs> good. I'm not sure you are good, but we'll come to that. And, pleased to say, <laughs> back to the pod, calling all the way from Colombia. Sorry, Matt, I know Ireland's just as exotic. But calling all the way from Colombia is Will. Hi, Will. Hola, Alfie. ¿Qué tal? Oh, ¿qué tal? Oh, uh, bueno. ¿Cómo estás? <laughs> Muy bien, gracias. <laughs> okay, on dos cervezas, por favor. Good, so... On the way. How are you, mate? How's Colombia? 
I'm very good. I'm very happy um, settled in, in Columbia now, where I'm hopefully spending the next six months. Uh, the weather's decent. We have had um, a massive hurricane that went to the north of Columbia, about a thousand kilometres to the north, but we were still affected by it down here oh, yes. in Medellin. Um, with uh, we've had quite a lot of rain, so it's only the last few days the weather's got a bit better. But um, all going off in Colombia, then COVID aside, it's been, it's been pretty, yeah. And then you've got COVID on top of it, so that's been pretty crazy. Yeah. But but the good news, sorry, Will. The good the good news is that Spurs are doing well, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to the football. Uh, <laughs> And we really should be four points clear at the top of the league after uh, dropping points against West Ham and uh, Newcastle. But we're top, which is incredible. Top, look pretty solid. So you managing to watch much football out there? I'm guessing that it's um, broadcast quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of European football broadcast over here. So every single uh, Premier League match is on telly, um, you know, along with Bundesliga, La Liga, um, Portuguese League and everything. Serie A, we've got the lot. So it's very easy to watch. In fact, there was uh, last week, you think about the reach of the Premier League. I was watching a, a local match, um, not on one of the main big TV stations of ESPN or Fox or the, the American ones that show all the, the foreign league. Uh, I was watching Atletico Nacional, um, the local team. And suddenly during the commentary, they start talking about Pickford and Van Dyke. And <laughs> it's like... <laughs> And it, I just thought it was incredible. I thought this is like this is this is not one of the main TV channels, and yet here they are talking about that challenge that uh, Pickford made on Van Dyke during the middle of a during the middle of a Colombian um, Colombian match. Uh, were really they because you know Colombia's has history in should we say aggressive football? You know they normally shoot a few players dead every now and then. Uh, <laughs> uh, did, was there was their take on did Pickford do anything wrong in their eyes? Oh, they were just debating it. They were they were sort of they were split on it. Although I must admit, the commentators speak pretty fast. So I was trying to keep up with my <laughs> my basic Spanish, but I managed to pick up Pickford and Van Dyke. I think they were they were debating it basically. Fair enough. That sounds like fun. So you've been managing to keep on top of your FPL, of course. It's still writing and everything. Uh, how did you get on this week? I well, actually, you did pretty well, didn't you? What did you get? Did you get a seventy something? No, I got sixty eight. But I took a I took an eight point hit. Ooh. Which was uncharacteristic of me. But, Who did you um, take the eight-point hit on? Well, it was going to be a four-point hit. And then with Salah ruled out, it became an eight-point hit. Um, so I brought in sort of switch, switch formation with, uh, with Trent Alexander out. I switched from a back four to a three-four-three. Three. So I brought in upgraded Bruce to Calvert-Lewin, which worked very well. Good shout. Um, and I brought in Van Anholt, who I thought looks excellent for Crystal Palace against Leeds, um, especially with Eze playing in front of him, because mm. Eze's not the one who kind of drives to the line. He kind of holds the play and he's quite good at keeping possession and playing balls through. And Van Anholt was making overlapping and underlapping runs. And he did, again, against Burnley. I mean, he was attacking, which is what I wanted. Um, and he's got a nice three set of fixtures. You know, so it was Newcastle next, which is all right. He only got two points against Burnley, but... Um, hoping for more but you never know two good fixtures coming up and then maybe switch back to Trent Alexander-Arnold when he's fit again uh, and then it became an eight-point hit when I did Salah to Grealish um, thinking that I probably want Grealish long-term anyway mm. and I half thought Salah might be out for a bit longer than he than he is he's, he's probably back today for the Atalanta game well there's question marks over Barkley at the moment now isn't there so 
Grealish seems like the natural choice. Have you heard anything? Have you guys heard anything about Barkley, actually? Well, I actually thought Barkley hindered Villa as a whole. I mean, Barkley's really <laughs> good at playing. He was, because against against Arsenal, he was kind of good. He was inside. He was the one who played the ball through to release target when target crossed and there was an own goal for the, for the opening goal, I think it was. Um, and then he made the first time pass to Watkins um, for his goal, uh, first goal. And I think Barkley really frees up because Grealish is excellent. He can occasionally, against a set defence, he occasionally holds onto the ball for too long and yeah. he gets fouled rather than beating the player. You know, he'll, he'll, he does get fouled a lot, um, which is great for winning free kicks and set pieces, but it's not great when you want a player like Watkins, who I think needs quick ball. I think Barkley provides that more than Watkins. Mm. And by having Barkley, it also allows Grealish to play a bit further forward. And so I think the loss of Barkley is actually not good for Villa in general. But um, but I'll probably hold on to them. I mean, their fixtures are so good. You've got to kind of think you hold on to them for now, don't you? You do, yeah, I think so. So you're doing quite well, Will, actually. 68 points, which takes you uh, up to fifth in the uh, most important league in the whole fantasy football, and that's Alfie Pod's Fantasy <laughs> Footy League, which consists of 35 teams now. The best performing team, it was not me, actually. Was, I've, I've got 82 points. Uh, I'll get it out there early. Yeah, I'll get it out there. But, um, yeah, I, I was quite confident before this game week. I think I told you guys, I was like, I don't understand this calm. I expect all my team to, to score, and they kind of did. Um, some very good scores in all this league, actually. An awful score. There's an awful score. The worst score in the league, though, with 40 points. Um, <laughs> there's a guy called Kevin Sogola, whose team's called Harbord. Oh, no, there's another team. Matt Bowstring the Cut. That's it. Also 40 points. <laughs> Matt, great weekend for you. Brilliant. Brilliant way to celebrate <laughs> your birthday, wasn't it? Yeah. Great, great way, yeah. Yeah, no, look, I, I came into this game week. I, I didn't like the look of my team. Um, you know, I had I had a uh, free transfer. You know, Salah was out. Could have brought in Bruno, could have brought in a number of players that would have done a whole lot better than most of the players in my team. Um, ended up captain Aubameyang, did nothing. Um, yeah, I think that the, the highlight... <laughs> My defense was awful, so I needed to to make a change at the back. I took out uh, I took out Trent and I put in Maguire, so that was a clean sheet. Um, I was mulling over taking um, Doherty out as he was self isolating after picking up. Uh, or I think I don't know if he picked up coronavirus or if he's just self isolating from the international break. But uh, yeah, we knew he was going to be out, so. I was, I was tempted to take a minus four to bring Chilwell in and, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't convinced Chelsea would keep a clean sheet and, of course, Chilwell, it, it would have been an extra couple of points because Chilwell got a, I think, did he get a bonus points? Yeah, he got he got one bonus point, so I would have made yeah. a one-point gain. Um, but look, I'm, I'm just happy. I took out Trent, I put in Maguire, so that was already a... You know, it was a good decision points. in the end, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 40 points, it was a bad game. We could have been a lot worse. So, yeah, I mean, I'm on wild card this week. You guys have heard me beating on about it the last few weeks saying, you know, I feel like my team is kind of like a, a rowboat with a hole in it. You know, I'm kind of bailing It looks water. like it, mate. It really does. I'm oh, looking yeah. at it now. And <laughs> I have to say, it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like someone, you know, cut and shut when people put two cars together. It's like someone's yeah. done that eight times. On your yeah, team. It, it reminds me of that uh, scene from Father Ted, you know, where they get the car and there's a dent on it. And he's like, oh, I'll just tap it out on this side. And before you know it, the thing's ruined. That's my FPL team. 
I've made too many changes. I'm, I'm sat here thinking, how did I get this bad? So, um, yeah. And then, like, to top, t- just to top it off, you know, Zaha ruled out. I was looking yeah. so forward to that yeah. game. I was like, yeah. you know, everyone's played. Like, like, most players have played in other people's teams. All the guys who can do damage. Zaha, 30% ownership. You know, probably a lot lower in the top 10K. Um, you know, I was super stoked. And then the news came out, you know, he's, you know, self-isolating. So that was a big disappointment. That's precautionary had, as well, apparently. Precautionary. Yeah. Mm. So I had Basuma's brilliant one point coming in. So, uh, yeah. Sterling, I mean, Sterling doing the magic. It was it was dreadful. Like three of the players that I had starting were benched. I had Brewster, who I thought, you know, okay, that's fair enough. I, I kind of expected that. Sterling, you know, again, it wasn't out of the realms of possibility. But Mitrovic, I was so disappointed he was uh, benched as well. I don't know. It just went from bad to worse. You know, Fulham got the penalty at all. <laughs> Here we go. He's going to get his confidence back, get back on penalties. And then, it, uh, who was it? Was it Loftus Cheek? Uh, no, no. It was uh, or, Camara, no. was it? Or something like that? Camara? No, uh, it wasn't Camara. Uh, Ava, Cavi- was it? Caviero. Yeah, Caviero. Yes. And it, it, he just it was he slipped when he took it. It was dreadful. I was like, Jesus. So, yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was one of those weeks, like, I thought, you know what? Saturday's out of the way. Bruno's pissed me off. Everyone's pissed me off. <laughs> At least Sunday and Monday is going to get better. And it didn't. It didn't get better. You know? <laughs> so just, so, what you know, a wonderful yeah. birthday weekend for you. Yeah, man. it was, it was yeah. brilliant. It, it, like, you know, had you told me it was going to be a memorable birthday, I wouldn't have thought it meant this way, like, you know, maybe in a more happy way. But uh, It is nah, quite look, funny because um, yeah. uh, I was looking forward to Saha as well because I think myself and you, we felt quite smug that we, we snuck right Saha into our team with the fixtures coming up that um, considering his price was going to, you know, return a, a number of points. So that's disappointing. Um, you had a bit of fun on Twitter as well, didn't you, Matt? Did you see this, Will? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard just, about it more than seen. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, I needed to vent. I needed to vent me, <laughs> my frustration, you know. Uh, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek. It was a little bit half uh, half serious, half not half joking. But uh, you can't do half and half on Twitter, mate. It doesn't no, work. No, no, no. You got to go. You got to go all out. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I did after I got the reaction. Um, no, well, look, I, I, people picking me up wrong on this. You know, they thought I was saying Fernandez was lucky to get points. He wasn't lucky to get points. He was lucky to get a penalty. Is what my point was. You know, <laughs> and and Man United, you know, though. You know. Yeah, I mean, if, if we look at the stats and we look back at the game, of course, Fernandez did deserve to get points. You know, he had, uh, I think. Just over two XGI, you know, expected goal involvement. You know, you take away the penalty, that's about 1.1, 1.25. You know, and most of that was was assist potential. So, you know, he's looking at an assist most from that game. You know, so maybe six points, maybe bonus points, depending on whether West Brom get that penalty awarded. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think... It was more frustrating that, you know, people are going, oh, yeah, Fernandez got like 22 points, masterstroke. You know, you brought in the most obvious pick, you got him captain, mm. and you got a jammy penalty, you know. Retaken. Fair, yeah, retaken, yeah. which, you know, was legit. I'm not disputing that, you know, yeah. the goalkeeper was off his line. I mean, if if already was here, we could probably discuss the, the little <laughs> the run up and the stop, you know, which kind of forced him off the line. But, um, yeah, I've, I've no, you know, um, problems with the, the penalty that was given. Um, at first look, I thought it was a bit harsh, but I could see why it was given. The retake again, I was more frustrated because I was celebrating it was after being missed and then it was retaken. So, <laughs> I, you know, I kind of got ahead of myself there. 
Um, but yeah, that was all fine. I just, you know, to me, Fred felt Gallagher just before mm. they, they win the ball and the, the cross comes in and it's handballed. It's not reviewed. David Coote doesn't see it as anything to be concerned with. And that's really annoying. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's just bitterness at sour grapes. Well, it's not. I mean, if you like football and you see such a ridiculous decision, yeah. you know, which that could be a point that that means West Brom stay up or, you know, who knows at the end of the season. It's very, very frustrating, you know, as, as someone putting aside FPL who just likes football. You know, it, it's not nice to see such a, a big decision, you know, change the game like that, you know, for basic referee and just gone typical man united decision that isn't it (laughs) typical (laughs) penchester united they're being called now aren't they (laughs) i don't know all right so coming from one awful weekend to someone who's now living columbia (laughs) and a spurs fan let's talk about spurs will come on well i was going to segue from from matt's point because actually um (laughs) i was going to defend a bit because west brom everyone criticized spurs for their performance against west brom but um I mean, it's fairly obvious to say goals change matches and Spurs didn't score until the 88th minute. Uh, and you look at the Manchester-West Brom game, and I felt, the st- especially start of the second half, West Brom were beginning to hold their own in the game, you know, had that penalty chance. If it hadn't been for that goal conceded, and then after that goal was conceded, Man United have, you know, a bigger XG. They get better chances because West Brom were opening up and going for the game a bit more. Uh, and Spurs were criticised. There, sort of, there were stats that were saying, you know, in the first four games, Spurs did very well and uh, their form had dropped off in the last four game weeks. And this is what sometimes you've got to be careful with stats, I feel, because you've got to look at the context in which they came from. So those first four matches, you've got, okay, the Everton game, Spurs didn't start too well. Then they played Southampton, who played with that high line and just didn't adapt. Spurs kept breaking the trap, loads of great stats. Then they played Newcastle, who didn't have Sam Atziman uh, or Lewis playing, so they just had no outlet. And Spurs just kept going at them. Let's look at the the Man City game. Uh, and uh, there were lots of good things that happened in that match. Um, I thought switching Son to the right wing instead of playing him on the left, because mm. people were saying, oh, Son's going to be on the left. He's never very good, but when he's out wide left, well, firstly, we've now got Regulon, who attacks down the left. Um, so that good, allows Son yeah. to cut inside. He's excellent. And you know, that allows Son to cut inside. But um, it was a master striker, I thought, whether it's Mourinho or his coaching staff, switching Son to the right, because then you've taken him away from from Carl Walker. So Carl Walker's defending on the city right back. He's got pace. He'll be able to Super cut him fast, out. man. Super fast. And then you've got Cancelo on the, as left back, who ultimately, um, Guardiola does this thing of bringing his uh, fullbacks inside, inside the pitch. Uh, and he's not as fast. And you look at the first goal, uh, it's a short, you know, Hoiberg plays the ball to Ndombele, a press-resistant midfielder. He turns, Kane comes short, taking both centre-backs with him. Uh, Son runs in behind and Cancelo's slow to react and Son gets a goal. And it was, but it's great, you know, if that's Carl Walker, maybe Carl Walker's quick enough to get across if that's done from the other side. So it was, you know, the tactics were good. And I think this is what's, what's so nice about, good about Spurs at the moment. We have a manager uh, and a staff, because I think Sacramento also deserves a lot of praise. Is this the assistant guy? This is the assistant he's guy. He's really good. Uh, he's really good. He's incredibly good. And um, they can react to events. They can react to teams and adapt to teams. Um, in a way, perhaps, that Guardiola doesn't to the same extent. Or when he tries to do it, like he did against Leo in the Champions League, they just look dreadful and don't know what they're doing. Um so I think that's so. There's lots of positive signs. So these slightly these matches are harder. I think Chelsea's going to be a very difficult match coming up this weekend. Um, 
but Spurs can still do well because we've got so many different options across the pitch. You look at the midfield too. We had Sissoko playing and I think Sissoko and Hoiberg, it's interesting because I'd like to see Ndombele and Lo Celso and Hoiberg rather than Ndombele, Sissoko and Hoiberg because I feel that's more attacking. But then you look at where the threat that, you know, Spurs have got a threat on the flanks now with Aurier and Regulon and the amount of time Sissoko covered behind Aurier mm. or came across that really helped the balance of the team um but if we're playing against a team that sits deeper you could start Lo Celso and Dombele Lo Celso was great for Argentina during the international break playing that kind of eight role um which he can do really well and he did do for, for Spurs last season so there's a tactical flexibility there and you yeah. see his face there Matt he looked he looked quite excited he thinks he's going to win yeah. the league yeah. little, little glint in the eye <laughs> yeah so we I'm talk- starting to believe. Yeah, well, I, well, like you said, I, I did listen. I listened to someone the other day. It might have even been on Five Live. And they were talking about the fact that Spurs do have a lot of captains throughout that team now, which is very Absolutely. much falls in line with the Jose Mourinho philosophy of, you know, let's be let's be winners. Let's not be nice boys anymore. Let's let's be winners and dominate. Oi, oi. Oh, sorry about that. I hate it when people do that. Hey, but I'm doing it now. Sorry, I'm just interrupting because I just wanted to check on you. You got everything you need? Good. Everyone's all right. Everyone's enjoying themselves. Good, good. I'm, of course, back here on my beach. Hey, people do say to me, why is there a beach? I go, why wouldn't there be a beach? Life's a beach. And then you marry one. (laughs) Sorry, that's humor from the 1990s slash 2000s. Hope it didn't offend anyone. Not that I care, really. So back to football, um, it's great having a chat again with Will and Matt. And actually, because we haven't spoken for a while, it was quite a long chat, so I did have to edit out a few stuff. But Will had some very interesting things to say about uh, João Sacramento, which is, he's the uh, assistant coach at Spurs. And uh, he's had a very interesting journey, not Will, João has had a, a very interesting journey uh, to his job uh, at Spurs. He started off as a video analysis and stuff. Um, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't put it in. So what, what I might do, because it just didn't, it just, I couldn't get it in. All right, that's what she said. Oh, sorry. So yeah, I couldn't fit it in. So I was thinking of maybe putting out like an extra or something. I, I don't know. I, I think about that. So if you see a little extra come out, like a ten-minute thing, uh, it's worth. It. You might think, oh no, not have the light spurs and stuff. But it's actually a, a very interesting bit of insight. Um, I might not. Don't know. Uh, of course, I didn't put out podcast last week. Apologies for that. Uh, technological failures was the answer to that. Uh, Apple were causing me strife, and I had to go. For, I wouldn't say full Karen. No, 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 because I'm very polite. But I did go. Shall we say full dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was firm, but fair and respectful, and should always be nice as well. Better got it sorted, so that's good. Anyway, let's get back to the convo. Um, pretty sure there's something I was meant to tell you, but who knows, really? I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter. Back to the chat. Let's talk about changes we're going to make for this coming game. Is it game week 10? It's game week 10, isn't it, already? Mm-hmm. Is it game week 10? So we're like a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, Matt, you are looking to play your wild cards. Yeah, it's, this it's week played, finally. Um, yeah, finally. It seems like it's been a long, long time coming. Um, I put in a few players that were rising, you know, because 
even if I don't end up getting them, at least, I, you know, I won't be selling myself, you know, short with, with the prices uh, if I do decide to get them late on. So I've put in the likes of Bruno Fernandez. Uh, <laughs> I think Grealish is in there. Um, Did you put Bruno was, in because you feel like you got to put him in? Well, there's a logic to me putting him in, you know. One, I do think he's a great player, even if he is getting some some lucky decisions lately, you know. Um, I do think he's a creative player. I do think he's maybe not as important an asset as maybe Kevin De Bruyne, who is who may come to a decision between, you know, between Bruno and De Bruyne. And it's one of those classical kind of form view fixtures thing because, you know, Bruno is in good form. You know, you know, if United score, you can almost put your money on it that he's going to be involved mm. in some way or another. Um, the thing is with City is they, they don't have a uh, great form. But if you look at their fixtures, if they are going to turn it around, hmm. it's going to be in these run of fixtures. So it, it's kind of a sword and shield type thing. You know, do you want to go with the sword with, um, you know, a bit of a, a risk on De Bruyne or Sterling or Aguero? Or do you want to play it safe and, you know, play the ownership game with, with Fernandez? You know, I, I've dropped back down to like 600 odd thousand now. So, it's kind of hard to say whether I need a sword or a shield pick at the moment. You know, we're still only a quarter way through the season. Um, it might be better just to play it safe and then, you know, adjust as things go on as we get a better view of City. Um, I, if well, they got, they got fit, Burn- sorry, they got Burnley this weekend. Yeah, mm. they've got, I mean, they've got Burnley. Yeah, they normally spank Burnley, don't they? I'm they do five nil yeah. or something like that. Yeah, their their last. Their last few fixtures has been like four one, four nil, three one, five one. You know they've they've definitely put three or four past them in each fixture with with relative ease. Um, so yeah, I see a lot of people keen on Sterling. You know, um, last game out against Spurs, he didn't play. I guess we might see how things are tonight. Um, stick your way to Olympiacos. What the lineup will tell us, whether um, what Aguero's fitness is like. So there's a lot. Of, there's still a lot of question marks over City, but there's still a lot of attacking potential there as well. It's just it's it's knowing who who to get because probably gonna go off on a little tangent here, but you know there's people who sold Salah last week for Bruno because it was the obvious move on on paper, and that you know. So now next week they have a, a decision to make whether to bring Salah back in, you know, or whether to hold on to Bruno. Then there's people like myself on wildcard or someone who might have two free transfers, whether they want to bring in Vardy, whether they want to bring in Sterling, whether uh, there's a lot of premiums, there's a lot of fixture changes for players who are in form, maybe coming into tougher fixtures and players who are maybe a little bit out of form coming into better fixtures. So I think we've seen this season that form trumps everything. You know, (laughs) I I brought in Aubameyang thinking, Arsenal are playing a Villa. Um, they're playing a Villa who's very leaky and then they're away to a, a lead side who are very, very open. He done nothing. Arsenal haven't scored in, in a few games. And no, Arsenal did nothing. Several hours, I mean. Yeah, several hours of football they haven't scored, which is a big, big disappointment, obviously. So, you know, maybe not overthinking it and just going for the foreign players regardless of fixtures at the moment is the sensible thing to do. So these are all the questions and the dilemmas that I have this week on wildcard. That's that's what I'm going to be spending the rest of the week thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Will, um, bringing you back in, you dropped, uh, much like everyone, dropped Trent last week, didn't you? Uh, is that yeah. a permanent thing? Because I think you mentioned to me before that he still might be worth, uh, worth a punt. But 
further to what Matt was saying about form versus fixtures, I mean, we could be waiting a long time for Trent to turn it around, right? But then again, Liverpool looked good the other day. Uh, yeah, I think I th- was disappointed. I think Trent's stats were improving. The reason I brought in Van Aanholt is that the fixtures change in game week 12. So Palace's fixtures get go bad and Liverpool play Fulham and hopefully Alexander-Arnold's fit by then. So I was looking at, I really brought Van Aanholt in as a placeholder for, for Trent. Right. Um, which 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 is giving me a dilemma because then Jota's looking so good. Yes, Robertson yes. is in my team and there's Salah. So it's like, which three of those four do I want? Well, I think, um, what is he, 6.5 Jota? I mean, I know I brought him in early in the season, but I didn't expect him to be integrated so quickly, actually. Mm. Uh, he's definitely... Because I was going to keep the Trent and Robertson duo, but actually... I'm quite happy to have Jota at 6.5 if he can perform just as well. And if Liverpool are not keeping clean sheets, it does change things. I don't know. Well, Ziyech, you've got Ziyech, haven't you? I've got Ziyech. I'm thinking about uh, thinking about selling him, Ooh. oddly. Well, I was thinking about getting him. So what's going on? Why? Uh, Man United against Southampton. So uh, Spurs did well against them with this sort of high-line defence that they play. Um, Chelsea did well against them. Uh, and I'm, I think Man United will do well against them. Mm. So I'm actually thinking I'm still keen on Rashford. I just, it's difficult. I had Fernandez last season. He's obviously creative, uh, and he obviously has the advantage of penalties. Um, well, most of them. Um, he gave one to Rashford last night. But I just find Rashford a more exciting pick. I, just, I you know, I feel that he's it's cheaper running it. He's cheaper, but also, I think, more threatening. When he runs in behind, he's more likely to get goals. And you see, again, you look at Fernandes last night and the goals he scored. I mean, they're not great chances. They're kind of like he's scoring worldies. And I kind of feel that... Anyway, I'm looking at... Rashford, I think, looks a good opportunity against Southampton. I finished on the Liverpool point about how to decide between... Because I think I probably would want to get Trent back when he's fit again. Um, because... Jota as well as he's playing and I think Liverpool switched to a four so you have sort of Jota on the right Salah in the middle with Firmino behind and Mane on the left and Jota does represent great value but who do you want to captain do you want to captain Salah have you got other captains in your team if you've got another captain in your team is it worth having Salah like if I'm going to captain if I'm going to get Vardy this weekend because I want to captain Vardy against Fulham then I might get Jota as well or because there's no point having Salah if you're not going to make him captain he's just too much money um, mm. a lot of decisions have got to be made so Ziyech yeah so I would look at getting rid of Ziyech to get Rashford if I wanted to get Rashford if I wanted to get um, Jota and it's I had this thing last season where the fixtures were just constantly changing suddenly it was like really good fixture for this team really good fixture for this team really good fixture for this team and I kind of want to I feel like I want to take a few hits just to try and take advantage of those rather than play safe so with like four players or five players involved in the Chelsea Tottenham game that I don't think is going to be particularly high scoring. I want to take some hits to work around yeah. those and, and get and bring some captains in and maybe work back to them. But I mean, Spurs, you know, if I'm saving my wild card or game with 16, the fix has changed for Spurs then. So I can kind of maybe go without Spurs until that point. But haven't um, um, a lot of people taken out Son and didn't Jordi take out Son and Kane? for this uh, current period, which I feel was just, I mean, again, it's form versus fixtures, isn't it? Form. Mm. So I kind of get what your point with actually, what you're saying basically is just follow the form and don't worry about the hits because the hits will take care of themselves. 
Maybe, yeah. And I'm kind of more excited about... Um, I do want to see more from City. City aren't playing badly, but they're just... They're not quite, you know, they didn't really have any great chances. No, they're Spurs. boring, aren't they now, I think. I mean, yeah. they had that one chance early on where De Bruyne was in the area, collected a rebound, he spanked the ball against Jesus, who's in line on the ground in an offside position. But And they had that great chance late on when Lloris made a good save. But otherwise, it's lots of little chances, lots of little things that aren't really, not like, you know, clear-cut good chances. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, it's tricky. Liverpool excite me much more than they do Manchester City, uh, Manchester United excite me more than them. Um, and Chelsea, they've got this, the other thing about, so I've got Werner in my team, I'm thinking about getting rid of Werner just because he's played so much. And he was benched against Burnley before Pulisic was injured in the warm-up and he came on to play. And I sort of feel when Pulisic is fit again, you might get you might get some rotation there with Werner, especially with the fixture schedule coming up. You know, we've got so many matches in December. So it's a lot of um a lot of juggling, a lot of planning, working out who your captain's gonna be each week, all that kind of stuff will, will influence transfers. And of course you've got so much football during the week now. I mean you've got Champions League, Europa Cup, there was Monday night football. It just doesn't stop <laughs> it just doesn't yeah, stop. We've got, we've got a midweek game week coming up in game week thirteen. So Really? Wow. When's yeah. that? Is that in the new year? That must be in the new year. No, 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 no. So you've got this week, we've got Champions League. Uh, next week is Champions League, the round five matches. The week after that, Champions League round six matches or Europa League. And then we've got a midweek after that, we've got a midweek Premier League. So it's December. Yeah. And Friday night football this week. And Friday night football this week, yeah. Which is normally what? A four o'clock deadline, which I do not like. I have to say. No, no, it's a later. It's later. Is no, it later? Two this matches one? on a Friday. Yeah. Right. Was. Okay. Yeah, I don't like the four o'clock because it's not four o'clock, is it? You've got to start thinking about three, about three thirty. That's when you got to say, <laughs> yeah. and that's a bad yeah. time. That's it. Sort of came and went last time we had it. I was just like, oh, I'll stick yeah. with that team then. Tattoo's truck, tattoo's truck. I got a truck. It's full of tattoos. It brings me luck, and you will suck because you don't have a tattoo's truck. What other players? Did you want to talk about any other players, Matt, in your wild card debate? Um, no, I was going to just mention that. I think my defence is fairly set. I'm going to get Robertson. I'm depending on how cash is. I'm either going to go with Laporte or Diaz of Man City. As much as Spurs did, you know, play really well against Man City, they didn't allow a lot of shots in the box. I think it was one shot, maybe. Now, obviously, Spurs made the most of that, like Will was talking about, with you know. Because the fullbacks took inside, you know, they they played more tactically, looking for the kind of quality of chances rather than the quantity of chances. You know, Laporte had that uh, goal disallowed because of the handball by Jesus in the build up, so he he was getting a little bit involved. Not nothing major, but it's good to see him. You know, we know that Laporte always carries a little bit of goal threat. Um, so I do think City's defensive underlying stats are better than we've seen in the results recently. And especially with the fixtures coming up, I don't see many teams threatening them, threatening them as much as we have seen uh, other teams recently. So I'm happy to get, you know, a City defender, a Liverpool defender. And then uh, another guy in our group, Jonathan Khan, uh, JK, he put up a, a very good rotation, cheap rotation uh, between three defenders. It's uh, Aston Villa, Newcastle and Burnley. And I've, uh, I've just actually shared that on my uh, on my Twitter so you can see the fixture list that uh, it produces up up for whatever it is, the next 10 to 12 game weeks. And it's really, really favourable. Um, starting, I think, with next week for Newcastle against Crystal Palace, who will be without Zaha. So that could will, be... Will um, they, though? Because I, 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 I read that it's just precaution. It was... It was... Yeah, I, 
I, I'm not sure on the UK how, how the UK does things, um, whether it's they have to see out the full 10 days right. or what. So I, I think that will become a little bit clearer. But um, yeah, I mean, put, putting that aside, it, it's a lot of home games against the likes of Crystal Palace, Fulham, uh, Newcastle, um, West Brom, you know, a lot of the kind of lower lower table teams. So, um, you know, uh, there's a myth saying, or a lot of people say it's a myth, it doesn't work out. But, you know, I mean, combined, it's going to be 13 and a half million, roughly, for those three three defenders. Um, maybe a little bit more now that prices have risen. But if it saves me a million and a half to put an extra premium player in midfield or a better striker up top, I'm happy to take that risk and have one defender each week from those lesser teams, you know, with a good fixture and to take the gamble if it mm. lets me get a better player. I was going to say City defence. I mean, um, there was that goal Kane had ruled out for offside from a pass square ball across the box from Son that was was a really nice move. Um, there are other little chances Spurs had, but also goals change matches. And we took a lead after five minutes. We don't need to go gun ho trying, yeah. to, trying to get more goals. So... I wouldn't. I wouldn't say um, City not conceding many shots to Spurs is a sign that their defence is any good. But I do agree. Okay. I think the fixtures are there that you mm-hmm. could easily punt on, on Diaz Laporte. I have to say, I am a little bit worried about losing uh, my Spurs players on on wild card. You know, I, I, like Will said, I, I think it, it is a logical decision over the next. Are you get rid of the Spurs that, players. Yeah, well, I guess it depends on. Form. Yeah, exactly. You just said you come in here and you I'm, said form over fixtures, and now you're going to drop Son. And have you Kane. seen my team, Alfie? How, every other player has form over the play, people in my team. Anyone is an upgrade. You know, I can't get them all in. Well, um, I would say, well, I don't know. I've got them both. You've got them both, Will, haven't you? I, I never had Kane. No, I was always with Werner. I had Son. Yeah. Uh, Son and Reggie. Uh, well, I've got both, Matt, and I had 82 points, so it can happen. You've got to believe. Yeah. I, I, I am a bit more reluctant to lose Son, you know. Um, I'm a bit, a bit scared to lose Son because uh, I think he's definitely more threatening. I know Kane has penalties and stuff, but Son kind of looks the main man. And and especially it's, you know, a few weeks ago, well, not even a few weeks ago, the last few weeks I've been saying I kind of get Suarez and Sturridge vibes off the two of them, like from when, when those two players win the Premier League. Like, you know, if Spores are going to score, it's likely going to be one of Son or, or, or Kane involved. And um, Your own you know, advice. Yeah, this is your own exactly. advice. Exactly, and I'm going against that, and I'm I'm saying get a grip. Like, why why am I doing this now? Um, but yeah, but 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 then th- there's there is the argument, like Will says, over the next three games, the odds of Spurs scoring a heap of goals is a lot less than right. them scoring a heap of goals from the last few games. Um, you know, given the fixtures and the, the you know the different tactics and the way the game is going to be set up, so. I, I don't I really no idea because there's about seven players who can damage me who are in great form and I've got got to pick maybe three or four of them. You know, it, it's going to be FOMO either way of the three who I don't pick. I just and, I just you want know, you to think, Matt, right now, the results come in, Son scored two goals. What do you do? What do you do with your weekend? Well, I'd probably cry like I did last <laughs> week, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but like... This the thing. Like I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna have to leave someone out. I'm gonna have to leave maybe Bruno Fernandez out, and you know it's gonna be repeat of last week. You know, you know it'll get a penalty, or you know he'll set up a couple of goals, and because of his ownership, it's pretty much game week over then at this stage. You know, before the rest of the team is even played, or you know, it, 
anybody like you look at the fixtures this week, you tell me Son's gonna score two goals. I'll say, okay, maybe he will. No. But then Salah could score two goals. Sterling could get a hat trick, you know, and I think the, I think you're right. I think there's other fixtures to bank on scorers. I just think I don't know. Well, you guys have been doing this longer than me. I mean, you know more about trading hop on, hop off and trading in and out very quickly. Um but uh I don't know. I think sometimes you just have to accept that players aren't going to score every week. I don't know. Mm. He does well, score every week, though. <laughs> the reason I'm so keen on getting a City player in is just historically they seem to do very, very well against Bournemouth. They, they really they do. Score. They really yeah, do. Yeah, and, and I just feel like if you have a team where you know they're going to score three or four goals, you're missing out on a lot of points there if you don't have an attacker. Mm. It's getting the right one. Like, I mean, City could score four goals. De Bruyne could do nothing. You know, it, it yeah. could happen. We've seen it before where maybe not as often as, you know, as, as other games, but there has been times where City have scored three goals and De Bruyne might, mightn't get an even an, an assist. You know, so we don't know. Um, it's Again, it's all just picking the right players at the right time. And Burnley have just had a uh, morale boost. In. I mean, they were good against Palace and they held out to win 1-0. Yeah, um, yeah so who knows? So, okay, yeah. captaincy choices this week. Uh I well, you did all right last week, Will. You picked Werner, didn't you? I I was very smug. I was very smug because I picked uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin. So <laughs> against Fulham, though, pretty straightforward decision, really, isn't it? Um, so who are you going for this week, Will? I uh, haven't decided yet. So it's, it depends who I bring in. Do I bring in Vardy and make him captain, or do I bring in Salah and make him captain, or do I make Rashford captain? I think you want to make Rashford captain. You believe he's going to? Do you believe he's going to score against Southampton? I think he might be too much of a differential captain. I think it would be. Ooh. I want it. I mean, we've got the champions. Let's see how Liverpool do tonight. Let's see if Salah plays. Um, Jota has looked like he might be getting a rest this evening. So, key player. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, so it could be. There could be a lot. It's really hard to say at the moment, but I think those those are the fixtures that I'm looking at: Liverpool, Brighton. Uh, Man United against Southampton and Leicester against Fulham. I think those are the, it'd be those are the fixes for for captaincy. And Matt, I know you haven't sort of uh, chosen your final wildcard team, but in your mind, you must have a, a captain choice that you want. Yeah, I, I've a good feeling about a City player. You know, I'd love to bring Sterling in. Um, I'd love to bring Sterling in and captain. I get a good feeling like Burnley are going to concede three or four, as history tells us. And I do feel Sterling is needs has a kind of a point to prove. You know, has looked a bit sluggish, maybe a bit out of form. Again, it's like like we're talking about. Will the form turn around with the fixtures? It's hard to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, a few weeks ago we were talking about Vardy weaning himself back in, you know, and <laughs> he seems fully weaned back in at the moment. So uh, well, they didn't do too know, much I, the other day. Yeah, true, true. Um, I mean, away to Liverpool, it was always going to be a little bit tricky. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I'm probably going to be left with a depending on what formation I play, whether it's three four three or three five two. I'm going to have about ten and a half million, maybe eleven and a half million for a premium player. It could be Vardy. Um, depending on whether it looks like Aguero is going to start, it might be a ridiculous Aguero punt. Uh, it might be a safer KDB pick. It might be a little bit off-field Sterling. So there's a lot of options there. You know, definitely those four. Um, if I lose Salah, it makes it a little bit easier. If I go, if I lose Salah and go with Jota, it makes it that little bit more flexible, a little bit easier to get in more premiums. 
Um, it's just whether Jota is enough cover. If Jota can cover for Salah, you know, there's this talk about coverage and football teams and stuff. You know, either the player's a good pick or he's not. Um, you know, so it's all about whether Jota can keep it up. But yeah, I get a good feeling about Vardy. I get a good feeling about the City players. I don't see myself being able to captain Bruno Fernandez, not because of <laughs> my thoughts on him, just because I think Southampton have looked quite organised at times. Um, I don't see United putting a lot of goals past them. I mean, maybe one or two at most if they're having an off day. But I don't see, um, you know, Southampton have been fairly solid. Um, they were doing well against Wolves. The second half, they kind of fell apart a little bit as is kind of an, uh, an according trend for Southampton. But yeah, look, it, it, I think it's going to be Vardy or one of the City boys, whoever I bring in. Don't blame you. Now I'm starting to think, because I've got my, I've got Richarlison, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Dean, my Everton core, Leeds. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I mean, why not DCL? You know, he's in fantastic form. He's the highest yeah. non-penalty XG in the league. He's, you know, confidence is sky high. You know, we know Leeds do concede a lot of goals. They shut out Arsenal. They, I heard they were incredible against Arsenal. Could have put three or four goals past them. Um, they hit the post a lot, a lot of times. Um, I didn't see the game, so I don't know how good defensively they were. But, um, yeah, I mean... I wouldn't bank on Everton defensively. No. Are you talking about Leeds? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, a bit of both. I mean, Calvert-Lewin, you know, I, I was just saying with Ar- um, Leeds shutting out Arsenal... Are they starting to turn things around or were they maybe a little bit fortunate not to concede? It didn't really sound like Arsenal threatened them that much. But no, I'm not, I'm not sure whether that's down to Arsenal being poor or Leeds being good defensively last game. I so. think, um, I saw this, I saw a lot of things on Twitter, like someone wrote, uh, how now with, um, Cal- what's his face, Calvin... Uh, Phillips. Phillips, like, who seems, apparently is, is uh, the world's best defensive midfielder all of a sudden. Um People are like now he's back. Leeds a clean sheet. We saw a sign of that against Arsenal. And I was like, well, no, it was just that Arsenal were really, really, really poor. Like that's yeah. fundamental. So you can't really tell. I don't know. Yeah. A good side Leeds, but I just don't. Know. What do you do with them? But I, I, you, I think you've got to pick their players and just stick them with your team and leave them. Yeah, because who I, knows I've when seen, you're going to score? I think the main point this week is that uh, you know I've seen a pasted around Twitter a lot uh, one of the guys in our group the fantasy freak he's even said it himself and I think uh, I'm not he's sure if it was late back now. yeah big man backer yeah <laughs> I think late riser might have said it as well a good few people echoing the same thing you know this week there's such a plethora of captaincy options you know if you captain Vardy and he blanks it's gonna there's gonna be huge rank swings you know right. if the likes of De Bruyne hauls, if Salah hauls, if Fernandez again hauls, if you know, there's so like there's going to be huge swings this week given the fixtures and the multitude of captains. So it's going to be a very very interesting game week in in that regard for captaincy. And um, yeah, just touching on a player we haven't mentioned is Antonio because he's Ooh. he does a lot of the similar stuff because only only Antonio is the only forward to have got more ball recoveries than than Richarlison. Um but whereas Richarlison winning the ball back doesn't necessarily mean Richarlison is going to score. It will probably be Calvert-Lewin because Calvert-Lewin's just always in front of the goal, basically. Mm. Um, but West Ham, that's, you know, it is Antonio. Antonio is the main guy. He kind of works well to recover the ball and is also always in the right positions to score and gets loads of chances. I think he's, if he can stay fit and everyone's sort of nervous about him, um, because of his injury record. But if he comes back and he's fit, then he's another great value option. Mm. Uh, Is he back for, for Monday's fixture against Villa? 
potentially. Yeah. Well, I like the that because two- the Monday means it gives him more time to recover, right? That's yeah, yeah. The, the two fullbacks for West Ham have looked pretty impressive. Cresswell and uh, Masuaku. They've, yeah. they've both been pretty and impressive. Really. And Cresswell and Masuaku oh, yeah, the same yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the Cresswell thing's interesting. If you notice West Ham's play, what they do, they move the ball around to get Cresswell in position to whip a ball in. And it's it's an actual set piece. Not a set piece, but it's an yeah. actual tactical set play moves. they do. Mm. So he's yeah. he is going to get assists this season. Yeah. That's for sure. Mm. Up top, I think I'm going to go with Watkins. We saw there was a bit of controversy there with uh, Aston Villa and their penalty that was disallowed. But I think it's uh, it's very you know telling that while the VAR check was going on, you know, it was a crucial moment in the game and, you know, Ollie Watkins had the ball and, you know, there was no, you know, there was no hassle. He seems the penalty taker and then obviously it was disallowed. So we, we've gotten a little bit of an insight there that Watkins will be the penalty taker. Um, and, you know, he, he's in decent form, you know. I think Aston Villa will continue to to score goals. They're definitely the best fixtures out of any other team. Um, for the next kind of six, seven game weeks. So it's just a matter of who to get in because I'm probably going to have Konza in defence, Grealish seems assert, and Watkins. But the thing is, uh, Martinez is, is a really good option as a set and forget keeper. You know, you can just put him in with a four million and play him every week. But that's four Aston Villa players. I have to lose somebody. So, um, <laughs> but you never just, yeah, thought you know, you'd be saying that beginning I, of the season. No, no. I mean, Fernandez and Grealish in my team, and all in one week. It's just crazy how things are developing. <laughs> oh yeah, forget um, about your Grealish history. Did <laughs> yeah. you get Declan well, Rice in there as well, mate? Have the full I, I set might as well. Yeah, just to yeah complete the you know. Yeah. Anyway, thanks but, um, for looking after them for us. And then, uh... <laughs> yeah. So my, my my logic is: look, I can tap into some of these points, or I'm going to break them for about three, four million managers who who have them in in the team. So that's my logic between uh, about putting Fernandez and Grealish in. I'm either going to get their points, or I'm going to break them. So well, beware. The, the good thing, <laughs> the good thing um, about having those players in your team, though, I think personally, is is the fact a lot of play goes through them. So that's what you kind of yeah. want, but. I think I've definitely benefited, my team's definitely benefited from having top quality, fo- having three top quality forwards. Definitely. Mm. I don't think yeah. it's getting around that. So, Yeah, and Cal- Calvert-Lewin is going in there finally after weeks yeah. of not having him and hoping he was going to blank. It's be- I'm basically putting in all the players that I've been hoping are going to blank but haven't. No. Like Fernandez. it's just, I think it's a classic case of stubbornness, part stubbornness on my part. Like I was talking about a few years back, you know, when uh, I think it was Suarez was back with Liverpool and and Bale for a, for a short time it was Bale as well. You know I said ah oh, they're not going to keep this up. They're not going to keep banging in goals every week and they did and my rank suffered as a result. So I'm not going to make that same mistake twice. You know I'm going to get in the players <laughs> who are in form and you know like I said tap into some points or break them for everyone else. So. What a lovely, lovely, lovely group of lads. Hey, especially that Alfie guy. <laughs> He's a who. <laughs> There's Friday night football this week. So, um, as we discussed, not the early deadline, but there's still Friday night football. So that's worth bearing in mind. What are your changes going to be this week for game week 10? I was looking at my team and I've been slowly building towards something. But then Ross Barkley got injured and I wasn't meant to change him out yet. I got rid of Trent last week. It was freed up some cash. I got a lot of cash, actually. Wish I had that cash in real life. That'd be nice. Mm, just thinking about stuff. <laughs> what a stuff. 
Uh, yeah, so um, depending on how the Barclays situation goes, I might trade him out because I always have this voice in my head and that voice is Will's, which says always trade out your, your weakest player, as it were. Because uh, I'm doing this sort of defensive rotation thing at the moment with... Uh, I brought, brought in Nathaniel Klein last week for this week. And because Crystal Palace's fixtures have got quite a nice couple of couple of games, I think they could potentially get clean sheets. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking about Barkley out for. Uh, no, this isn't going to blow your mind. Uh, Diogo Jota, and I've just seen Liverpool lose two 0 but he wasn't playing. He did come on sub, but you kind of get the vibe at the moment that uh, Klopp feels he's the man. Jota, Jota is the man to inspire them to victories, and he's certainly busy. And he's certainly been scoring goals. So that might be it. But I'll be waiting until the last minute, of course, to make those decisions. I mean, who knows what's going to happen. Saha. I've got Saha. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he's still got the vid, if he's still got the COVID, I uh, might have to trade him out instead. Little bugger. Hey, eh? Little bugger. Good. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And that's about it for this week. I'll speak to you next week. Uh, good luck in your game week, and I hope you have a lovely time. Just in general, I'm off now to maybe eat some biscuits. I did purchase some custard creams. This may be sort of a sort of a left field choice, but they were, I mean, talking about value in players in FPL, the value of the custard creams, 45p. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, it's all sugar anyway with that stuff, isn't it? So... 45p top value i'm gonna captain the custard creams speak to you next week bye bye Be Magnus. I got to know, I got to beat that Magnus. <laughs>